We were lucky to catch up with Andrew Hyatt. Uh, it's been a while since we caught up with Andrew, and the first thing we started talking about was how he's been dealing with life in quarantine in Ontario. Uh, it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been different. Um, I feel like I'm kind of in the routine now, so I've got it I've got it dialed. But it's uh, it's been a weird year, I'm sure for you too. Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky enough. I still come to the studio every day. Like, okay, we, we just don't share space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not too much. But for you, man, like touring and, and playing shows, like to have that taken away, that's got to be tough. Yeah, I think the biggest thing uh, that kind of it messed with me a little bit was the fact that we were on tour. Right. <laughs> like like we literally were three days into the, the Gord tour with Jess and uh, Eric and Jojo and Corey. So it was like we just kind of got into our groove on stage. And then from there, it just kind of went, oh, okay, we got to go home. So I, I find, I find like, that's, uh, we call it like entry and re-entry, like going into a tour, you prep your brain for like being away from home. It's just like a different pace. And then coming home always is different too. So I was, I was very confused for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but was it nice to get some time off and, and kind of get some downtime with, with, uh, with the, with the missus and the dog? Yeah, man. I think, I think overall that was, uh, Sorry, my alarm keeps going off on my phone. I'm trying to like make it stop. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that that part has been really good. Like we're mid renovation on a house, right? So um, it's been very productive for me to be home. Like I've built my fence, built a deck, built a privacy wall. Um, you know, I spread 13 tons of dirt yesterday by hand. Uh, <laughs> seated and then set up like a farming sprinkler system with like six foot T posts and sprinklers. So I can just set it on a timer and go, but uh, like those parts have been good. And I, it, it, Lisa and I have been joking cause it's probably been like five years since I've been in the same room as her this long. Yeah. <laughs> so Are you it, getting on her nerves yet? Uh, I'm sure I am. Like I'm a messy guy. So <laughs> my gear is just everywhere, but we finally, we finally were almost finished the basement. Like it's drywall carpet lights are in we just need to like door frames and you know vents covers and i gotta finish like the details but uh at least now all my gear is in the basement bedroom <laughs> so it's it's not too bad man it's not well, too bad do you have any idea of when you might be starting back up again or is it all just kind of up in the air yeah it's it's anybody's guess like i i can't see concert promotion really kicking off again until they're they're allowing like you know 200 plus people in a room um the driving thing's kind of cool. You know, we got one of those coming up, which will be cool with Dean. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of a mixed bag for me. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be, it's either going to be like really cool or it's going to be like playing a concert in traffic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause people honk their horns. I saw Brett Kissel. I saw something posted from him and uh, I can see his lip mo lips moving and I know it's the end of a song and I know he's talking, but it sounds like he's in traffic. That's all I can hear is car horns honking. And I was like, okay, okay. You know? Well, at least you got a kind of an idea now, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll adapt, right? Oh, There's yeah. been a bunch of artists and songwriters who we've been talking about doing these like deck party kind of things, like where just to play, man, like I don't want to go a year without playing for people or, or just, just, just for my own personal sanity. Right. So even if we do like a little tour where we pack up a PA and a couple songwriters go out and you're allowed, you know, 40 people in your backyard will come and we'll play these shows. And I'm hoping that that develops into something cool. So until they open it back up and then we'll go do that. 
Yeah, are you itching to get back on stage or what? So much, man. So much so. It's it's uh, uh I I like live for it, right? So it's it's the high that I'm always chasing. So to go for a long time without it, it's kind of like, okay, well, I've been getting the endorphin boosts from uh, you know, shoveling, <laughs> which is definitely not the same. No, no, nobody cheers when you shovel, eh? They just tell you what you're doing wrong. No, I actually just put a like a, a crowd track in my <laughs> AirPods and just yeah, he's doing it. <laughs> Self hype, you know. Yeah, uh, I see the new uh, Twitter profile picture. Is that recent? Yeah, yeah. So a couple buddies of mine. Um, one is uh, this guy Josh Mario John. He's another. He's another Sudbury boy. He goes by Spazoiki on uh, Instagram, and him and a photographer friend of mine, and also musician Lane Dorsey from Toronto, started a leather jacket company called Master Supply Co. and um, you know, we've been like three years ago when they first had their first like demos, like I wore some of the stuff for photo shoots um, for like albums and, and promo stuff. And then just we're buddies. So every time he comes up, they're like, Hey, we need, you know, Josh looks like a, like a freaking Viking. It's like long beard, long hair, tattooed head to toe. So they're like, we need something that's a little different of a look. So I kind of bring the country vibe to it. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it's just good. They toss me jackets all the time, which I'm super thankful for because I I have more leather jackets than I know what to do with because of those guys. <laughs> well, the beard looks really good. Like, do you got some beard tips for the guys here in, in southeastern Manitoba that have just forgotten it's, to shave in the last couple of months? It's actually just miracle grow, man. Um, <laughs> you know, drink that blue Kool Aid. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Mine just, it just grows. Like it, it never used to. And then all of a sudden it just started filling in and I trim my cheeks. I, you know, you use the, you got to use the comb on press close here and then pull it out and keep the, keep the sides if you want to shape it. And then I just let the bottom grow and I just kind of trim it whenever I can. I'm probably due for one now. I'm starting to look a little ZZ top esque, but (laughs) that's okay. Let's talk about the new song. Uh, I needed that, man. That is a great, great track, man. Like to take us behind the scenes. How did it come together? Yeah. So the last year and a bit, um, it, it got a little crazy for me. Um, I ended up with some vocal problems and we didn't know what it was. I was having a really hard time singing. So my, my attention went a hundred percent towards that. Right. So my, I stopped writing. I stopped, I, I kept writing ideas, but I just, I, I hated the way my voice sounded and what was happening was causing me anxiety. So I kind of stepped back from the writing side of things and uh, I started to get a lot of pitches because we still had to do a record and I was in and out of doctors trying to figure out my vocal stuff. Um, And I wasn't loving anything that was coming in. It just, it didn't feel like me. It was a little bit too, too left of where I like to sit. I like to sit kind of in the rock you know, that, that kind of vibe. And and we did, you know, a little bit more pop stuff at one point in time, but I just wanted to be really true on this new project. And um, yeah, this song came in and I, I heard it for the first time, like the first listen through the course, I called Scott and I went, man, you got to call these guys and put this on hold. I love this song so much. And then when we started talking about what we were going to do production wise for it, I, I just told him, I said, listen, I don't have auxiliary players live with me. Like I don't have a banjo player. I have three electric guitar players and I play acoustic on stage. I have a drummer and a bass player. I was like, can we just do that? And he was like, yeah, I think, I think it's time. So we got really lucky, you know, um, Daniel Adair from Nickelback played drums on it in his like little 
church studio and you don't have to like Nickelback, but if you, if you listen to those drum sounds, they are, they are insane, man. He knows exactly what he's doing. So, um, I was super stoked to have him, him on the project and, uh, I like Nickelback. So I, you know, I, yeah. I got, You're not I got alone. no issues with those guys. Um, <laughs> So yeah, this song, you know, it, it, it felt really true to the continuation of, of my story. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm 33, I think <laughs> I got to think about that some days. I'm like, am I 32 or 33? Uh, no, I'm 33 and you know, I'm not waking up every day. Like I was from early twenties to late twenties with a hangover and, you know, chasing fleeting relationships that just didn't, didn't get me anywhere. They just kind of compounded this circle of, you know, self-sabotage hurt, write a song, self-sabotage hurt, write a song. And it just kind of looped over and over. And, and, uh, the last couple songs have just been about where I'm at, you know, I've kind of, I've met somebody I'm engaged. I got my dogs, I got my house and looking back on kind of the journey and how I got here, I think I would, I wouldn't change anything. I, I needed all of those things. You know, I needed those wake up calls. I needed to screw this relationship up once to get to a place where we can be engaged to know what I, what I'm missing or what I would be missing. And this song just really felt close to home on that. Andrew, uh, a song like I needed that, uh, it relates so crisply to your life. When you first heard it, did it, did it not only hit you in the heart, did it speak to so many other people that you maybe knew that you, that you knew this song needed to be out there for other people as much as it needed to be out there for you? Yeah, I, I think so, man. I, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody. I can speak to my circle of friends and circle of musicians and non-musicians alike and, and uh, guys and girls. And I think, you know, it's really easy to kind of be like searching for that thing that you feel like you're missing out on. But sometimes, you know, that search is robbing you of the joy of what's right in front of you. So I think, I think just, just taking a minute and realizing what's right there, um, be it career, be it family, be it relationships, um, be it finances, you know, sometimes if you take a step back, you realize how lucky you are. And, and I hope it speaks to people because it does to me. All right. We got a, a couple more minutes here with you, Andrew, and I got some questions. I did some research yesterday and oh. uh, I found this gem from 2014. You made a stop oh. in High River, Alberta, and it appears uh, it was a radio station photo. I'm trying to share it with you right now. I don't know. if. You oh, what, what a baby. Yeah. Dang. So my question for you is, you know, your hairstyles changed quite a bit since yep. 2014. Yeah. yeah, I think I actually, I think by radio guy, I had, I think I hadn't got a haircut and I think we, we cut my hair, which is, you know, hilarious uh, in and of itself. But yeah, what a, what a baby. Holy moly. Would you ever go back to that? Would you ever go back uh, to that style? I don't know, man. I, I like, I slick my hair right back now. I let it grow. I'm, I'm pretty greasy. Like I love hats. I love Stetsons and I love, you know, all, all genres of custom made and I own a few. So I don't know. I, I think that ship has sailed. I don't, I don't even look like if I clean shaved, I don't even think I'd look like that anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's your five o'clock shadow now with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I think I'd end up single if I shaved like that. <laughs> To be honest, that is, <laughs> that's uh, good though. That's a good throwback. Uh, okay, you've shared the stage with a lot of major acts uh, in your career, but one fans maybe might not know is you shared the stage with Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, what, yeah. can, what can you tell us about that show back in June of 2016? Man, uh, Kiefer is, he's like just such a good guy. You know, first first thing, um, 
first time I'm like any interaction with him, sorry, I'm tripping over my words here. Um, we were sitting in our dressing room and before the show, before anything, he came in, he was like, Hey man. Uh, and he had walked out during sound check to listen. And he, he came up, he said, I love what you do. He's like, super stoked to have you here. Um, and he's like, if there's anything I can do, he's like, and then, you know, just let me know. And also just come right to me after the show, we'll have a beer or whatever. And, and that level of humility is not always the case. You know what I mean? For somebody who has that high of a profile. Um, I was also surprised to see how great of a musician he is. Um, and his collection of vintage Gibsons is just mind blowing, but just, just an all around solid guy, man. You know, I had a couple of buddies come out to that show and I had given them backstage passes. And at the end of the night, we were trying to rally the boys to get out of there. And uh, my roommate at the time, Brian, he, uh, we couldn't find him. We're like, where's Brian? So I'm like, I'm going to go circle backstage. So I walk backstage and, and there he is just, you know, three sheets to the wind with, with uh, Kiefer. And they're just talking about hockey. They're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, just like going off. And, and he's been gone for 30 minutes and they're both just like in this heated debate. And I was like, we got to go. And then he didn't want them to leave. They were like loving the conversation. So just, uh, just an all around really good guy. And you can just tell that he loves music and he just, you know, he's humble, which is great. Uh, in 2018, you were crowned the first Sirius XM Top of the Country winner. Uh, and the headline reads, Country Music's Next Big Star is Revealed. Do headlines like that make you laugh and, and become more confident? Or do they make you cringe to the point uh, of, of just hating <laughs> the pressure now that this, this article is put on you? Uh, man, I, I, I appreciate the kind words when they write those, but at the same time, I put about 0% weight in them because, you know, in this industry, you can have a number one one day and you can be, you know, roofing houses the next. Um, so, I mean, I'm thankful for the opportunities when, when, and when people say really nice things like that or people believe in the music, but I, I definitely don't let that write the story. I think, you know, our camp has always just kind of been head down, work hard, and you just try and get one single at a time until you build a career that's that's long. And we're not trying to be flashes in the pan. You know, we're not chasing the next big thing. We're just kind of going, let's put out music that, you know, even if these songs don't hit today at radio and they're not, you know, they do well, but they don't go right to the top. It's like in 10 years, I want to look back and have a bunch of songs that kind of stand the test of time. So that's our goal. So then in 2019, when Entertainment Canada put you in the artist to watch category, does that hold a little bit more weight for you being an artist to watch? One of the guys that, I don't know, made that title, is it just a little bit different than Next Big Country Star? Uh, you know, again, it's like, it's nice to have the spotlights kind of do this and, and point towards you. Um, and, and again, it's like, you know, I'm thankful for those, for those headlines. I'm thankful for, for them to, you know, point a bunch more people in our direction. Um, that one, that one feels nice, you know, cause it feels like it's just another checkpoint on the map when we're going like, okay, well we're, we're going in the right direction. It's not, it's not, you know, artists is sliding backwards. It's, you know, four steps forward, two steps back kind of thing. So it feels, it feels like uh, the proper direction, which is great. Yeah. I just have a couple more before we let you go, Andrew. I know we're kind of pressed for time. Uh, in research for our conversation here today, I found a director and a doctor, both named Andrew Hyatt. So I want to know if you could move to another profession, taking the same level of talent you have when it comes to music and just transfer it over, what profession would you want to do? Oof. Man, so 
That's a good question because I feel like at one point in time prior to this, like I, I was an iron worker by trade. So I did structural steel for years. I don't think I'd ever go back to that just because I didn't have the same level of talent in music that I had there. I, I think they kept me around for comedic purposes pretty much. Um, and then, and then I was actually um, kind of in between records and music before things kind of started taking off. I was actually in school for policing and I was hired by the OPP to be a, uh, an auxiliary officer. And, and I was kind of moving in that direction. And, and that's always kind of where I saw my life headed if music didn't work out. But I feel like things are just crazy right now in the world. Um, and it's such a polarizing job. So I, I don't even know, man, like maybe politics, just because I feel like music is essentially that a lot of the behind the scenes, there is a lot of politics. And, and I, I think, you know, I think I could do some good there maybe. So we'll see. Uh, I think you got to take off now, eh? Uh, what time is it here? It's eleven fifteen my time. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. I think she's got me. Actually, no, I got I got a couple minutes, man. My next thing's not till twelve thirty. So if you got more, yeah. I'm well, yeah, I, I came up with this uh, this brand new feature. You're going to be the first person we do it with called retweet right. or delete. I went back to some of your very first tweets. Oh God. Oh yeah. This, so this right here is why when you sign to a label, they 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 say. Okay, day one, go back through all of your social media and delete anything that is inappropriate. <laughs> well, you're a pretty clean cut guy, uh, but okay, we went back okay. to your very first tweet and it involved, I want to know if you still are friends with him because the last time we met when when you were playing with Dallas Smith in Winnipeg, you and Sean Austin uh, were on the same card and uh, it was a pleasure touring with this guy on the Side Effects Tour, show at Sean Austin some love, but only if you like good music. Are you still close with Sean and do you still think he makes good music? Yeah, yeah, Sean and I are brothers, man. He uh when you do your first big arena tour with somebody who else somebody else whose first big arena tour it is, uh you get really close and you bond. So Sean and I talk all the time actually. Um I was supposed to stand in his wedding, but I had a show that ended up coming up on the same date and we shared the same management team, so they were like you're playing the show, <laughs> which uh it is funny, but you know, um we still do uh every time I'm out there on the West Coast recording or uh out there working with the label, I, I usually actually stay at Sean's place. So we're still, we're still good brothers. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, making amazing music. I think his stuff is great. And he's got a thing that he does that no one else is doing in Canada. So you called him the laundry man. Cause he would always hang you out to dry. He used, when you guys would walk <laughs> through malls, he would, uh, he'd sewer you quite a bit. Is he still doing those practical jokes on you? I mean, I think, I think, yeah. <laughs> That just brought back so many funny memories. Um, I think now it's kind of even, right? Like if people would corner us and they wouldn't stop talking, not in a bad way, but you know, it, there'd just be some fan interactions that were a little bit uncomfortable at times. I would always swoop in and like, you know, rescue him, be like, Sean, we got to go. Like we got sound check or something like that. Whereas he would just stand back and laugh. So, so, you know, I, I, I don't know if that, that will ever change. I think he'll always find it funny to leave me hanging out to dry. A couple more of your past tweets. Uh, you post pictures of an arena show, 300 ish likes on socials, post pictures of a dog, 600 likes in three minutes. Anyway, here's a picture of my dog. You yeah. uh, have always been a pet guy. Uh, just what's it been like being at home with your dog and, and getting to spend some time there? It's been good, man. So I've got two. I've got a, an Australian Shepherd Husky mix um, who's getting a little bit older, but so he's slowing down. But uh, I've got a King Shepherd puppy as well. So she's about a year old. Pardon me. Um, 
And it's been awesome. I think they're going to miss quarantine more than anybody because, you know, I'm literally on their schedule every day. I'm home all day. If I'm working in the backyard, they're out there with me. So it, it's been amazing. It's been good too with the puppy because I've had a little bit more time to train her and just, you know, make sure that she's exactly what I want a dog to be like. Um, we didn't have that opportunity with the Australian Shepherd Husky because he was a rescue. He's still like the best dog ever, but um, he's got some emotional issues. He, you know, you start brushing your teeth, he thinks you're leaving and he'll just cry for an hour until you leave, I guess. It's funny. Gets you right in the feels, don't it? Oh, it's awful. The way he, he's got like these precious moments eyes. It's just like, you know, those little like precious moments dolls from the nineties. Um, it looks like he's wearing mascara. So he looks very human when he's giving you the eyes and just breaks your heart. Uh, okay. This one might be one of my favorites from uh, November 24th of 2017. This is a tweet you put out there. Tried to spray water in the air last night at the end of the show. Instead, it was basically me spitting water all over the girl in the front row. Hashtag sorry. Hashtag I'm cooler online. Oh man. So this, this story is like probably one of the most embarrassing live stories. Um, you know, you're kind of getting your footing as a young artist, working your way up. You're trying some new stage moves. Anyway, I saw Jaron from the Cadillac three do this thing where he like bottle of water end of the show. It's like drums, 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 spits water with his back to the crowd. Right. So I like fill my mouth. I'm like, this'll be cool. Like there's lights behind me. I'll spray it up into the air. And just as I like take a step forward, I like coughed or something. So I started choking on the water. So instead of spraying it, I literally just went like a streamline of water into this girl's face, like front row, just like an entire water bottle right down her glasses, like on her face. And she just looked at me, but then we had to get off stage because it was, I didn't even have a time to chant a chance to chat with her. I, I posted that. And then um, about three or four days later, um, somebody tagged me in a post online and it was this girl and she was just like, uh, you know, Andrew Hyatt, I went to see this, this artist, Andrew Hyatt, and he spit water all over me and I've never been so disrespected in my whole life, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I messaged her right away, just being so apologetic and explaining what happened. And then she, she took it back and she actually posted about our conversation, but that was, uh, that was one for the books. Definitely one of the most embarrassing, you know, on stage moments of my life. Man, that is uh, that is a pretty funny story, and I, I don't want to bring it down too much here, Andrew. But uh, lately, I've been following you along on Twitter, and uh, you've been very outspoken about uh, when it comes to mental health, and especially during the pandemic, how it can weigh on some people. And and like yourself, with a platform and a voice, uh, to to put yourself out there. I mean, the, the one you had, you had a couple of weeks ago, just about a couple of days of lows, and and how it's okay, and and being out there for people to relate to. Uh, just just maybe talk a little bit about that and the importance of mental health uh, from the perspective of Andrew Hyatt. Yeah, man, um, I've been really lucky in 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 my life, you know, like I feel like I get to do something I love every single day and it's great. And, you know, I have this amazing friends, friend circle and amazing family and amazing significant other. But but all of that, that like I still have crazy highs and lows, you know, Um and I think it's important to talk about it. I think it's important to tell people that, you know, wherever you're at emotionally is okay. And it's normal because I think people, people think there's a stigma about it or people go like, why? Like they're embarrassed that they're not happy or that they're not able to shake this like low, low feeling. I know if like, if the sun's out, 
I'm in a better mood. If it rains, I'm, I'm probably going to be pretty like slow and pretty like down that day. Um, especially in times of uncertainty like this, I music in, in general is always un, uncertain, but you know, you lose a full year of work essentially. Um, and you're not sure what's going on financially, or you're worried about this and that. Um, I think it's important to talk about and be really honest to be like, you know, I drove to the Canadian tire parking lot to pick something up. And I sat there for 30 minutes and just like, I had a breakdown in my car because I've got all of this weight, you know, um, I'm not sure what's coming next. We're not sure when this is going to lift, when we're going to get to play shows, when I'm going to get to, you know, do what I love and make money doing that. Um, so I think being open and honest, it's been awesome. You know, Dallas Smith is one of my managers and he's incredibly open and vulnerable about his struggles with um, his highs and lows. And, and that's kind of pushed me. I know it's helped me. So I just try and do the same, man. I'm, and by no means am I, you know, killing that, but uh, I just like to be as honest as possible. It helps me too. Right. And um, the industry, this is something I definitely want to say is, you know, that tweet that I put out, um, like 15 or 20 other industry and artist people messaged me almost instantly. And I think that's incredibly important because I might not have been at the lowest point I've ever been at, but it, it picks me up. And if someone's in a spot where they are incredibly low, whether it's your friends or whatever, if you see something like that, reach out because you'll definitely, you'll definitely do something positive for somebody that day. That's a really great message, Andrew. Thank you for that. Uh, before we let you go, tell us what you got coming up. I know you got that driving concert. Uh, are you going to be doing some more stuff online that people can follow along? What are your, what are your plans here for the next little bit? Yeah, we've kind of been brainstorming. So this, this room I'm in right now will probably be transformed into a little bit more of a stage now that we're allowed to have a couple, you know, people. Um, so I think like this, you can probably hear it in my audio. It sounds compressed and I can, I can turn the voice of God on if I want for live stuff. You know, I can go like, Hey, there, there it is. Now there's delay and reverb, um, which sounds really good uh, when you're, you know, singing and playing. I've got another mic down here. You can't really see it, but for guitar. So I think we're going to start doing just some online stuff that, you know, even if they're like, it's low ticketed events that go, you know, we pick a charity and we just support them just, just to be playing and give, give people, you know, if it's 20 people in a zoom call, it's limited. You can ask questions. We can interact. You can ask for songs, just something, man, just something that's going to be different and we'll see what happens. Right. I'm hoping they open it up. You know, I said earlier, we're talking about maybe doing some, uh, some house parties, just, just for our sanity, just to go out and play for 40 people, if you want to throw a backyard bash, you know, it'll be a set price and you can have whoever you want and we'll just show up with the PA and we'll play it. I just, I just, I'm itching to get out and play, man. I need to do something. Uh, how can people follow you on social media, Andrew? Uh, the best way would be at the Andrew Hyatt on Instagram uh, or andrewhyattmusic.com. It's funny you mentioned the two other people, the other Andrew Hyatts uh, earlier. There's the doctor has andrewhyatt.com. And then the uh, the producer, the yeah. video producer has uh, at Andrew Hyatt on Instagram, I believe. <laughs> so it's like, that's why I'm at the Andrew Hyatt, which feels a little bit douchey, but I had no <laughs> choice. Like I need to like make this happen. And I get tagged in their stuff all the time. Like the guy, the producer does a lot of uh, religious movies, like a lot of Bible stuff, which I grew up that way. But it's like producer Andrew Hyatt does like the remake of Moses and I'm just like nope wrong guy and it's popping up I'm getting tagged every 30 seconds in the reviews the beard doesn't help Andrew it's easy to lump you into that time period yeah so this is funny too and I don't know 
if this you can bleep it out if 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 not but if you go on uh on itunes there's an author who wrote a book called why men date bitch or no sorry why men divorce bitch is what it is and it's by andrew hyatt so it's it's pretty funny i'm like well got all the bases covered i'm a musician an author a doctor and a producer perfect wow (laughs) andrew thank you so much for taking the extra time and and just the time for us today we really appreciate it man hey thanks for having me and uh, i hope you're doing well and i hope i get to see you guys face to face sooner than later yeah having you in the studio would be great man uh thanks again for this and best of uh best of luck